Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Path Podcast. I'm Derek. And I'm Jason. And this is episode 98 mm-hmm. of our podcast. And uh, I get to be your host today. As Jason preached yesterday and shared with us from uh, Luke 18, verses 9 through 14, about the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And uh, we're so thankful that Jason uh, is not only our worship pastor, but also on our preaching team and has shared in that way. Well, and you do a fantastic job leading worship as well. Yes. So. Well, thank you. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. Yeah, we, we, we did the switcheroo. Yep. So, um, but anyway, <coughs> Jason, give us kind of a synopsis of what's happening in this passage. And then just give us that handle to hold on to this week as we walk um, uh, prayerfully in humility in our own lives. So share with us uh, about Luke 8 or 18. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is sort of in the middle of this section of um, there's several chapters in Luke where he teach where Jesus is teaching. And it's mostly teaching his disciples like it's it's kind of like. it's almost like the disciples have this mobile classroom that they're in with Jesus. And he's like, as they're going along, he's like, hey, here's a here's something you can learn. Or, hey, let me show you this right here. Or they ask him questions or whatever. So um, we, we kind of jump into the middle of Luke 18. And it, it's in the middle of sort of three scenes, if you will. Um, I think we used the term vignettes last week mm-hmm, is what mm-hmm. we used. But um, but uh, you, they these three scenes, especially in in Luke eighteen, they all have the same structure. It's there's like this introductory statement, there's a parable, and then Jesus explains the parable. So you see that kind of three times in um, in Luke eighteen. But specifically, we we looked at the second uh, parable, where um, it's interesting to me that. Luke um, Luke steals all the thunder from Jesus's explanation in that he says, this is what this parable's for. Then he shares the parable and then Jesus's explanation after that. So um, th- this parable is it says it's it's given to uh, in verse nine. It says he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they um, that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Mm-hmm. So um, there's we, we looked at this idea that there's. Um, an attitude of self-righteousness and um, pride that sneaks in. We see in this Pharisee, and um, I, I didn't mention this yesterday, but um, I think I think we have to be careful to not lump all the Pharisees in with this Pharisee or other Pharisees that you see there. I mean, there definitely were some that acted this way, but this is not every Pharisee. Uh, I think. I think for the most part the Pharisees loved God. I think they were they were followers of God. They they started with pure intentions, but it got off track somewhere. So that's a side note, free of charge. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I just thought about that. So, um, but yeah. So so we we looked at this. You have this. Uh, there's these two characters in this story. There's the Pharisee and the tax collector. You have the Pharisee who is like. Um, to, to the people who would have heard this parable, he's the image of what it means to be a moral, upstanding, um, you know, just a, a good guy. And then you have the tax collector, which is like the image of evil for the Jews. Because um, as we talked about, tax collectors were Jewish people who worked for the Roman Empire. And um, because of that, they were pretty much hated um, by the rest of the Jews. And throughout the Gospels, you see tax collectors lumped in with like prostitutes and thieves and liars. And they're just, they were considered the worst of the worst Mm -hmm. because for the most part, tax collectors would collect taxes for the empire. 
There wasn't a whole lot of oversight from the Roman Empire, and so they really just swindled people out of money left and right and just robbed people, basically. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, the Jews saw them as traitors, basically. Yeah. I think there's a correlation here. Yeah, not go ahead. to interrupt you no, right in the middle. There's a correlation of, of the emphasis on the Pharisee from last or not not the Pharisee, but the Samaritan from last week. Absolutely, yeah. And these Samaritans, tax collectors, and the others that you mentioned were seen as a pariah of society, like yeah. the bottom feeders. They, yep. They're the ones that just, uh, the worst of the worst <coughs> in every possible yeah. standpoint. And and it's important for us to see that those are the people Jesus uses as examples of faith, yeah. humility, and the things that God is looking for, the, the heart of all the matter, to, yeah. to get beyond the whole idea that religious pursuit or you know, a right uh, political standing or a right standing uh, in society, even like um, in, in a way of a, you know, kind of like a caste system. Yeah. It, that that would earn you favor with God rather than you know, not these external things, but this inward change of your own heart and this yeah. inward humility and, and posture before God. So. Absolutely. Yeah. The it, I, I talked about it yesterday, but um, just the the idea as I was studying, I saw, um, I don't remember which commentary it was, but one of it called uh, this section of Luke, the section of the great reversal mm-hmm, in mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. every time you think that you know who the good guy is going to be, it ends up being the other yeah, guy. Yeah. And so it's, it's the great reversal is, mm-hmm. is the way that this guy termed it. And I really liked that phrase. And so, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's always Jesus takes what the world would see as the right answer and just flips it on its head. Yeah. And so um, that's what you see in this passage. And the way the way that the things that we talked about was that um, it's really contrasting the attitudes of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we talked about how um, self-righteousness uh, blinds us to reality. So um, the way that we saw that in the Pharisee was that um, he thought he was, he really thought he was better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. He, he thought that, um, he was sort of in a, a category all his own and that's not reality. He's a sinner just like every other person. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was blinded to reality that he had all this self-righteousness of, man, look at what all I've done. I've worked my way into this standing and, uh, I've, I've done all the right things. Um, and, and really the thing that, that, um, that self-righteousness led to for the Pharisee was pride, mm-hmm. that he has this pride in, in him, and it keeps him, it it prevents him from actually being thankful. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about how, um, you know, even though he says the words, God, I thank you, he's not actually thanking God. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, it's the, you know, the verbal tip of the hat, mm-hmm. if you will, but it's not the, he's not actually thankful. His heart was one of, um, he was conceited. He was smug. I mean, mm-hmm. how demeaning! Like just just talking down to everyone that's around him. Yeah. Um, that he he stands over by himself because he doesn't want to be near anyone. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be near the the riffraff, if you will. Yeah. And so you have this attitude of just self righteousness, smugness, uh, ungrateful to anything that God has done, and then you have this other attitude of the tax collector who. He is standing far off. It doesn't say that he's by himself, but it says that he's far off because he understands his sinful nature. <coughs> Excuse me. And he, um, he he doesn't even feel like he's worthy to be in God's presence. <coughs> and so because of that, that humility that's in his heart, he asks God, God, I'm a sinner, mm-hmm. and I need you to help me with that sin. Uh, we talked about 
that where um, that the how humility is uh, is the doorway to gratitude. That um, for the Pharisee, he would never he would never find himself in a situation where he was feeling grateful because he he's done everything himself. Mm-hmm. Who, why would why would I need to be grateful to anyone? I've done this mm-hmm. all myself. <clears throat> Whereas the uh, the tax collector is he's saying, God, I I know my situation. I know how sinful I am. Therefore, when when he does, when when it is says Jesus says that he goes home justified, he can be thankful because he knows I didn't do that on my own. Mm-hmm, God did that mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just this this attitude of how God gives grace and mercy to those who are humble, and He opposes those who are proud. Um, and so, um, we, we talked about um, this this word um, that's typically translated in most translations, um, where the the tax collector's prayers. He says, "God, be merciful to me, a sinner." <clears throat> and how that word that's translated "merciful" is really the same word that is used to for to make propitiation. Where propitiation is a big theological word, basically that um, God. Uh, substitutes himself for us where we owe this debt of sin and Jesus puts himself in that same, in that position for us. Um, and so the, the tax collector is asking, God, I need atonement for my sin. Mm-hmm. Cover, cover me with your blood that I might be saved. Um, and so he's, he's taking this posture of humility and saying, I know I've messed up. I know that I have sin, and I also know that there's nothing I can do to get rid of mm-hmm. it. And God, I need you to come help me. And in that, um, in that uh, attitude is where we find gratitude. At the risk of sounding like I'm rhyming, <laughs> but the attitude of humility is what leads to gratitude in our in our mm-hmm. hearts, mm-hmm. Um, because it it allows us to truly understand and see our situation mm-hmm. and truly understand and see that um, I, I think we've used this this uh, terminology before that we contribute nothing to our salvation except for the sinfulness that makes salvation necessary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so <clears throat> and so just that um, when, when we get that right understanding we're able to actually see reality for the way it is that's when we're able to start being great uh, gracious or uh, grateful for uh for everything that God does in, mm-hmm. in us and, and for us. So. Yeah. Yeah, this this plea for mercy mm-hmm. is a plea for, it's an acknowledgement of my inability and yeah. that my only hope of mercy, my only hope of anything is that God would give me something I don't deserve yeah. in a substitutionary way. Like right. A, like, yeah, and that's... Number one, that's the gospel. Number two, it, yeah, it's 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 the heart we all ought to have. Yeah, and I think it's important too that we hear that because I think it's it, in a lot of ways if we look at the surrounding world uh, and other people in a bar, if that's our measurement, it, it can be easy, depending on how you're raised and those kind of things. Can, it can be easy to say, "Well, I'm doing pretty good." Yeah, yeah, and fall into the same trap that the um, that the Pharisee did of like, thank you God that I'm not like this and I haven't had these problems and I've not been through this and I you right. know and all this kind of stuff and it's like, um, it's easy for us to fall into that but, but the fact of the matter is that we are all like the tax collector, mm-hmm. we're really all like the Pharisee, the Pharisee too because yeah. we all we're all sinners like we all 
need God's mercy. We need yeah. God to not do what is rightfully expected to be done to us. Yeah, yeah. You know? Right. Well, and I, and I think that, um, you know, one, I think, I think I'm, I may be reading some of this into it, but I'm inferring from Scripture. I think Luke's point is that the problem that the Pharisee has is a that's a common problem for all people. Yeah, yeah. We we all have a natural bent towards self righteousness. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. We all like to think that we're right. Yeah, I like to think that I'm right. I don't like to for, to have it pointed out that I'm wrong. No, right? no, no, yeah. And so, it's a common problem, and the fact that it's a common problem then makes the whole turn where the great reversal happens of the person that you would least expect to acknowledge that that's a common problem is the one who says this is a problem that I can't deal mm-hmm, with on my own. Mm-hmm. And um and I think that's where that, that that's where the beauty lies in this parable is that it's so simple. I mean it's a very quick story, but you have such a stark contrast between self-righteousness, self-reliance um I mean, we talked about yesterday that in that two-sentence prayer, the Pharisee uses the word I five times. Mm-hmm. He, it's all about himself. Yeah. And that is our natural bent. Mm-hmm. If not for the grace of God to remind us, hey, this is who you are. And and I think um, at the risk of sounding redundant, because I've said this before, but all of our problems in life come from too high a view of ourselves and too low a view of God. Mm-hmm. And when we can get to that point where we humble ourselves and rightly understand our position in relation to who God is, that's when humility comes and that's when gratitude comes too yeah. because you're able to um, you're able to, to rightly see the situation for what it is mm-hmm. and not be blinded by self-righteousness. Yeah. I think, you know, a bit of a theme in, in the, these two weeks, you know, the, the ten lepers are in a similar situation, right? Yeah. They know they know they're at the rope yeah. rope's end and they're dangling by a thread, right? right? They know. There's no question. Society had had set that up for right. them to see very clearly, so they could they could very clearly acknowledge Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Yeah, He's the only one that can do it. Yeah, this tax collector through social means, I, I would imagine. Yeah. Is in that place, uh, even though it's this great reversal, <coughs> he's in that place of being at the very end of himself. Yeah. And we don't have to wait, like me personally, I don't have to wait to for society to put me in that place or for even God's through his sovereignty to take me to that moment of yeah. understanding I'm at the end of myself. I can posture myself before God, acknowledging these truths. Um in 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 um, in the posture of humility, hmm. emptying of myself, I can I can say, God, I know, I I can't do this on my own, yeah, and I know that you you can do it, and so God have mercy on me as well, like, yeah. and w- we have to put ourselves in a headspace in that way, like the word posture. We have to place ourselves in that posture first, because if we don't, we'll you know, we'll have the posture of pride instead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think, I, and I, I didn't think about this till just now, but um, in both of those stories, um, and I think we'll we'll see more of this next week too when we, yeah. when we move on to the end of of uh, eighteen. Um, in both of those in both of those situations, the people who are um, being affected 
are going through the channels that God had already prescribed. Mm-hmm. So the lepers, that there was a process for go present yourself to yeah. the to the priest. Mm-hmm. If you're clean, he deems you clean. If not, mm-hmm. you go and you come back. Yeah. There's a process here, like the process has been set up at the temple that if you need to pray, you go in at a certain time and yeah. you pray and you ask God for mercy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's in those really mundane mm-hmm. N- quote unquote normal mm-hmm. ways of interacting with God that God does something miraculous. Yeah. And um, that's really cool. It is, yeah. For us, it's, <coughs> it's our Sunday morning gathering. Absolutely. It's our small group times. It's, the, it's, yeah. it's our daily quiet time, our daily um, devotional, you know, thoughts with the Lord. And, yeah. Uh, and sometimes they're just, they're just the same thing over and over and again. Yeah. But sometimes... Uh, you know, there's this inkling of, of, oh my goodness, I have no, I have no business being here. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. I have no business being here, but I have nowhere else to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I have nowhere else to go. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad I'm here. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's this weird sort of paradox yeah. of things of, I feel like I have no business being here, but I know this is where I have to come yeah. in order for this to get helped. And Ten guys were placed in the same exact situation. Only one came back grateful. Right, right. In this story, two people are in the exact same place of prayer. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But one comes away. Justified. Justified. The other goes uh, on in his own self-righteousness yeah. um, and self-justification. So, mm-hmm. Like, it's not always guaranteed that in that mundane purposing, um, you know, um, our relationship with the Lord that we will walk away as we need to. So right. we, we've got to find that way of, of understanding who he is and who we are yeah. properly right? so that we can respond properly, so that God speaks to us properly as well and helps yeah. us to see, you know, our need in those moments. Absolutely. So. It, it, I think it's uh, another good reminder, too, of that. Um, we we have to keep coming to God even when we don't feel like coming to God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I'm sure that the tax collector didn't get up that morning. He was like, well, let's go down to the temple. You know, yeah. I feel, feel great. Let's walk down to the temple this yeah. morning. I, I'm sure he didn't feel that way. And yet he went because he knew, I don't want to be here, but I know this is where I need to be. Yeah. And I think that's a really good reminder for us that, um, that, a, um, how is it uh, that's described a, a long or a, a long obedience in the same direction mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it that even when we don't feel like continuing to do the things that God has called us to do <clears throat> that's when we most need to be doing the yeah. things that God has called us to do I agree. Um, and and we it, it's not always about feelings because mm-hmm. you're not you're not always gonna feel like doing uh, what you want to do I mean I, f- I feel like this is a safe place to admit this that there are Sunday mornings when that alarm goes off and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this today. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I get up and do it because I know that, number one, God's called me to do it. And number yeah. two, it he's going to be most glorified when I'm doing mm-hmm. things that not in my own strength, but relying yeah. on him to get me mm-hmm. through it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. That's great. Well, we want to hear from you. Tell yeah. us a little bit about, uh, you know, this idea of, of self-righteousness and how pervasive that is uh, in all of our own hearts, if we're not careful, but yeah. also this posture of humility and how that 
has affected you this and and maybe what what ways you make sure your heart is in that posture of humility yeah. as well of have mercy on me lord uh we'd love to hear that share with us through our email the path at uh, life. we'd love to uh, hear from you and, and dialogue with you in that way uh, until then i'm Derek. and i'm jason and we'll see you next time as we continue down the path